1: I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, my guest is Dr. Courtney Luking, Assistant Professor and Extension Specialist for Maternal and Child Health. Welcome, Courtney. Hello, Mindy. Nice to see you. We're going to talk about the very beginning of life and what we can do to support babies while they are still in
2: their mother's womb. Yes, yes. I'm going to talk about proper nutrition during pregnancy because we may not think about it, but there is a lot of brain development happening during that time.
1: Exactly. So our topic is, and I'm glad you said that, the brain development. Our topic is brain food, nutrition for supporting baby's brain development, pregnancy. And I think that we're going to have lots of fun today. So let's just get started. I know it's been a long time. My children are old, but when I was pregnant, I was very sick all throughout my pregnancy. And so I worried. Uh, I worried that my children were getting what they needed. For their development, and I do remember my doctor saying, "Trust me, they, they get the important things first, and then you're the one who's really suffering." <laughs>
2: That's so true. I know. Yes. <laughs> so, so even though it seemed like
1: I never kept anything down, they were getting the nutrition that they needed because
2: I kept it in long enough for them to get something. Amazing and true. I mean, your your concerns are very valid. You know, because nutrition is so important during that time. Yes. So
1: let's talk about how does what we as moms eat impact the brain development of our children who are growing inside of us?
2: Yes, so brain development is very rapid during pregnancy. And to give you some numbers to go with it, in the fourth week of pregnancy, so oftentimes before many women know they are pregnant, a fetus, that's what we call a developing baby, a fetus, a fetus's brain has about ten thousand cells. That's still a lot already. Mm-hmm. Twenty weeks later, so just about halfway, over halfway through the pregnancy, the brain has about ten billion—that's with a B—cells. Um, yes, yeah, so I wish I wish you all could see Mindy's face. Her eyes and mouth got really large. Um, yes, that's a lot of activity and growth in a short time. And so what a mother eats impacts the number of cells that develop, the structures that allow messages to travel from each of those cells, and this fatty matter around it that influences the speed at which those messages travel. And all of these things impact a child's ability to learn later in life. And so certain nutrients are going to play very specific roles in the development of the brain as well as the spinal cord so let's talk about the specific
1: nutrients that are going to really impact our our brain health of our fetus
2: yes so the word nutrients in case anyone listening is new to this word I want to let you know that nutrients refers to specific substances in food that provide nourishment that's essential for growth and health and so there are many that support fetal brain development these include protein iron zinc copper and a variety of fat, but three nutrients I want to highlight today include folic acid, choline, and iodine. And probably those are ones that we don't talk about a whole lot. Maybe the
1: folic acid people have heard about, but I doubt that anybody sits around and talks about choline and iodine.
2: You know, you bring up a great point. We've known about folic acid for a while. And so I think most people have probably heard a message at some point um, during pregnancy or of, uh, you know, women who are, are of childbearing potential. Um, that folic acid is important for forming the neural tubes very early in pregnancy that ultimately become the brain baby's brain. And spinal cord. And so it prevents a lot of major birth defects of the brain and spine. And it's important long before someone knows that they're pregnant. And so it's important to get enough in those early phases. But yeah, like choline, that's actually newer on our radar, if you will, in regards to its importance during pregnancy. Choline is a mineral that supports proper development of the baby's brain spinal cord, um, but also lifelong memory function <laughs> So I'm like, hmm, maybe my mom right? needs a little more choline in her life, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then iodine, we might know more about that in regards to thyroid hormones. Um, iodine deficiencies can lead to problems with thyroid hormones and the thyroid controls a lot of functions in our body including a baby's brain development in those early stages of pregnancy. So that's why we'll talk about those three today.
1: People might have heard about iodine through their salt, but we of course want to limit salt intake. So we're going to talk about other sources of iodine, I'm guessing. We sure will. All right. Okay. How important are prenatal supplements? Because I know that that's something that, that we're often given as pregnant mothers. And so how important are those supplements?
2: Yes, we always want to start with a variety of healthy foods. Food is our baseline for getting what we need to support growth and development at any point in life. But during pregnancy because those needs are increased and to your point, you know sometimes you can only consume so much right. um, yeah. or only keep so much down, prenatal supplements are recommended to help meet those increased needs. Because food alone can be tricky to meet some of those nutrient needs. For example, folic acid is particularly important. And so prenatal supplements can help ensure that people are at meeting, at least meeting, if not slightly exceeding, what will help ensure healthy growth and development. But I wanna, I do want to say that supplements, not all supplements are equal. So for example, I mentioned choline is newer on the radar. And so not all prenatal supplements yet meet the recommendations for choline. So it'll be really important to chat if anyone is wanting to get pregnant or or pregnant, um, to chat with a healthcare provider to identify the right prenatal supplement for them.
1: So just because you see it on the shelf at your local department store doesn't mean that it's necessarily the prenatal vitamin that you need to be taking.
2: Correct. Supplements, um, unfortunately, don't go through the same rigorous testing as prescribed medications do to come. Like I
1: said, it's been a long time since I was pregnant, but I I remember getting a prescription from my doctor for my prenatal um, supplements. So I'm sure that they probably still
2: do that. I don't know. Yes, you definitely can still get a prescription. Um, By and large, over-the-counter will meet the needs of most people. But again, chatting with a healthcare provider can ensure that people are getting the right thing for them.
1: Okay, so we've talked about the supplements, but let's talk more about the foods that we can eat, Um, especially those that might include more folic acid or choline or iodine.
2: Fortunately, we can find these nutrients in a variety of food sources. And sometimes foods are good sources of multiple nutrients. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck when you eat one thing. Um, So, folic acid. You can find in eggs or beans or fruits, particularly in citrus fruits like oranges or grapefruits or lemons, limes, if you're into some of those more tart (laughs) tart and tangy type of fruits. Um, eggs are kind of a power brain food if you want to label it that, um, because they also have choline and iodine. So talk about a food that can knock out a lot in a little package, are eggs, dairy, chicken and fish. So more of those protein sources, those also have choline and iodine in them.
1: Well, and let's talk about eggs for a minute because we used to worry about the cholesterol in eggs, but now we don't so much, right?
2: That's correct. Yes, used to, eggs do have a higher cholesterol content, but we now know that that does not translate into what the body absorbs and, and uses.
1: So if you think avoiding that egg for the cholesterol, that's not a good excuse. You need to go back to
2: eating the egg, right? <laughs> go ahead and fit them in if you like them and can tolerate them. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. What tips do you have for
1: expectant parents to include these foods in their diets?
2: The most solid advice is including a variety of foods and eating frequently throughout the day. So eggs don't just have to be for breakfast. You can eat them for breakfast, but think about uh, maybe breakfast for dinner, like an omelet or some sort of casserole. Um, I know sometimes we'll make them for dinner and then you have leftovers for the week or adding beans to any dish that you like. So whether it's salads or soups or even like a bean dip, Sometimes beans are a great side dish and then adding fruit to anything, whether it's something that you eat on the side or again, sprinkle on top of something like oatmeal or cereal or pancakes or yogurt. Um, It can be fresh or canned or frozen or dried. You're not limited in how you prepare something or in what form it's consumed. So that's the good news that we can find what we like. Fish I know can be a little bit um, hit and miss with some people. But fish is one of those brain foods in general. It has other nutrients that support brain um, development. And so it's recommended pregnant women eat eight to 12 ounces of of fish that's low in mercury. And so fortunately for us in Kentucky, most of the fish we have access to is going to be low in mercury. So like your catfish or pollock, shrimp, um, salmon, not necessarily native Kentucky food, but salmon's great. And canned tuna easily. Um, accessible and affordable um, that you can grill or bake or make a salad like a tuna salad for example dairies sprinkle it in throughout the day meals and snacks and i know
1: that the recommendation for eating small meals frequently does help pregnant women maybe tolerate food a little bit better if that's an issue but also, I mean, for those of us who aren't pregnant, if you eat smaller meals more frequently, then you're you're probably going to get some other good health benefits as well, right?
2: Right, and you know it's really different for everyone. So I'm I'm so glad you brought that point up about small kind of meals or snacks paced throughout the day because during pregnancy the body is constantly changing. I heard someone describe it as like the fastest, furious stress test that a body can go through, <laughs> and so some days or some moments, certain foods will sound good or not. And that's okay. And so we know there are a lot of foods that can provide nutrition and support. And so not getting too hung up on only having certain types of foods and honoring, you know, what feels good or what sounds good or what can I tolerate or keep down um, today or in this moment. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. Well, I know that
1: our babies um, in the future are going to appreciate us having this discussion because their brains are going to be so much more developed and so much better off in the long run. They (laughs) will. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts, and we are available on all major podcast providers.
0: Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health,